Happy Friday, music fans. Travis Scott's new song is here, but is there more to come? Plus, we've got interviews with Camila Cabello, Niall Horan, Dermot Kennedy, and um, a lot more. It is all coming your way right now because today is New Music Friday, and Billboard is here to break down this week's biggest releases. I'm Chelsea Briggs. And I am, well, here, let me have Niall Horan tell you. Hey, it's Niall Horan here, and you're listening to Fernando. Thank you, Niall. That was excellent. You're such a show-off. to Billboard's first stream live. I'm nice in the room. Hope I make it out of here. So Chelsea, we are kicking off this week with Travis Scott. Uh-huh. He's been teasing, he's been teasing us mercilessly with his new song, Highest in the Room, for the last few months. This one finally dropped this week, and we just heard a little bit of it. It's Travis's first new music since his 2018 album, Astroworld. And now on Thursday, Travis spoke with Zane Lowe on Apple Music's Beats One about Highest in the Room. Travis teasing the possibility of more new music coming as well. But fans shouldn't expect an album anytime soon. Let's take a listen to a little of his interview with Zane Lowe now. Finishing the song, getting it to the point when you're ready to release it. Like, what did you have to do to get this one into place? What was the final piece of the puzzle for you on Highest in the Room? Well, to be honest, it was just, a, it, was, it was sort of just like something I wanted to just like perform. It's just at a point where I've done so, I've done it so many shows, performing a song, and it's just been so fun doing it. It's like, man, I gotta just like drop this. And I'm gearing up from something more special to come following that. So, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, Woo! I'm just trying to give him. Hang on, I mean? hang on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let's pull out for a second. What do you mean something more special? You gotta give us a little more than that. How often do we connect uh, with you? All I can just say, Jack Boy's on the way, man. It's just like something like that like i just don't know like some type of just like i don't know just i'm just i'm just i'm in a point where i'm just like trying to just like you know cook up some dope um i just want to drop ice in a room Mm -hmm. and maybe you know put some around it i don't know man i'm just making it up as you're going yeah making it up as you're going along i get it i get it do you sort of feel that pressure like you know to follow something up now because you've been on tour for so long and we got highest in the room but are you feeling anxious to get more music out I'm not in no rush, frankly, to uh, put out, like, you know, I just take me time to just, like, kind of, like, come up with, like, my next album. But I'm always down to, like, drop music and mm. um, serve, you know, serve some packs <laughs> to the fans. But I think it's just time for the Lafayette fans to eat. All right, now let's bring in Billboard's Jason Lipschutz to talk more about what is going on with Travis. Um, okay, I have to know, what's your take on Travis's new track? The highest in the Room is certainly a culmination of a lot of Travis's abilities as a lyricist, as basically a luminary in modern hip-hop. And what's interesting about it is that it comes at a time where he's kind of taking a victory lap for the most successful moment of his career, which was last year's Astroworld album and its subsequent tour. It brought him to a whole new level in terms of hip-hop stardom. He's crossed over into the mainstream. Sicko Mode was his biggest hit yet. He's become really a, a household name in popular music. So to have a new single out before the end of the year is really important to keep that momentum going. I mean, obviously coming off of his 2018 album Astroworld and the tour, how do you see this song, Highest in the Room, performing on the charts? There's such anticipation around Travis Scott's new solo material that I wouldn't be shocked if this had a really big debut on the Hot 100 next week. Who knows how much staying power it has? I I think time will tell, and Mm -hmm. maybe this is just an appetizer for a bigger project coming in 2020, but at least initially, I I would expect a a pretty big debut. Gorgeous, baby, keep me hard and still. 
All right, Fernando, next up, the Camilaizer inside of me is just so happy today, you know? No, I bet you are. Last month, Camila Cabello <laughs> dropped the first singles from her upcoming sophomore album, reportedly titled Romance. Now, those first singles were Liar and this one, Shameless. Show me your shameless, right on my neck, don't you? This week, we got the third song from the romance project, Cry For Me. Now, when she announced its release, Camila called Cry For Me one of her favorite tracks and even opened up about the song's lyrics, writing, I think everyone has felt this at one point or another. When your ex moves on faster than you, and of course, you want them to be happy, but just uh, not so fast. And I, that is like so incredibly relatable, it's not even funny. I think she's being a little too nice. You don't want them to be happy, ever. <laughs> I mean, right? <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> Let's take a listen to Cry For Me. That's the music we've heard so far from Camila, but recently I actually chatted with her on AMP Radio in Los Angeles with my co-host Edgar Sotelo, and she told us a little more about what her romance project means and also what she wants fans to get from it. Here's Camila. You know, I think to me, I think it's like really vulnerable, especially in 2019, to talk about being in love and like how scary and intense that is. Like, I don't feel like people talk about that nowadays. It's almost like everybody's trying to be really cool and hardened and I don't know I don't feel like I hear that a lot but I feel like I've always kind of been a hopeless romantic and I feel love really intensely and I was in my first relationship when I first started writing this album and the theme of my life the past couple years has definitely been love and like the complexity of that and the messiness of that and like all of that you know. So you know it's a good Friday, Fernando, when you get new music from Camila and Niall Horan. We've literally been waiting for two years for new music from him. He's been sharing his excitement about his upcoming second album with fans. And now we have the first single. It's called Nice to Meet Ya. Let's take a listen. This is Niall's first single since his Seeing Blind collaboration with Maren Morris. That was awesome back in 2018. And Nice to Meet You arrives almost two years after the release of his debut album, Flickr, which peaked at number one Mm -hmm. on the Billboard 200. It featured the singles Slow Hands and This Town, which peaked at number 11 and number 20 on the Billboard Hot 100, respectively. Here's a little bit of the big, this is a big radio hit as well, Slow Hands from Niall Horan. Chelsea, uh, I did get a chance to sit down with Niall this week for my radio station, 99.7 Now, in San Francisco. I know. I had some serious FOMO. He talked about the story behind the single and what to expect from his album coming up next year. Let's listen to my interview with Niall. Let's do it. The new single titled Nice to Meet You, are you reintroducing yourself to the fans? What is happening in this song? What is it about? I was out one night and, kind of, you know, I was with a group of my mates and bumped into this girl and she was with her friends too but over the course of the night we were chatting and then literally as I say in the song every time I turned around I felt like she kind of disappeared but over the course of the night we kept bumping into each other and it's literally the song's basically about that every time I turn around you disappear when I was writing the song I just wanted to write something a little bit cheeky and you know with slow hands was a bit cheeky so I kind of thought 
go for the same thing really right just having some fun yeah and I've just you know the last album was kind of a little bit you know chilled out and that was great because that's exactly how I was feeling at the time but you know I would just feel like I'm in a good spot now and having a bit more fun and I just wanted to write good fun songs and kind of get my day to day personality across uh, a bit more I guess well, going, I'm, I'm still interested in this girl yeah. so did, <laughs> of course, yeah. once you did meet her for like what maybe the sixth time <laughs> did it stick like did you still do you still know her oh, we, yeah we, we, we kept chatting yeah but uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a busy man right I'm right. in the I'm just enjoying being 26 at the minute. On your upcoming album, are fans going to be surprised with some of the directions that you're going to go in, different things you're going to try? Yeah, I think they will. I think uh, Nice to Meet You is stepping it up a little bit in terms of the craziness. I just felt like what was on the radio at the time of Slow Hands, Slow mm-hmm. Hands probably realistically shouldn't have been that successful, but I think people attached themselves to it because it was so different. Yeah, um, it sounded like nothing else at that time. Yeah, I had a feeling that it was going to do all right, but not to the extent that it did. Yeah. So I just felt like with the success of that, I could experiment and have a right. bit more fun. And I think Nice to Meet You is along the same lines of, of Slow Hands and a bit more of a development of that sound. Yeah. And you'll I think across the board, when people hear the whole record together, they will understand Nice to Meet You. I think it might be a bit of a shock to the system when you right. hear it first, but because uh, it does come out of the gates pretty hard. But to be fair, I haven't released a song in two years. So come back, with, make some noise with a picture with a sparkly shirt and <laughs> sunglasses. <laughs> And big bold writing saying, nice to meet you. Well, you look great in a sparkly shirt. Cheers, man. Thanks very much. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And now for our second Irish musician this week after Niall Horan, global streaming superstar Dermot Kennedy's numbers, they just keep going up and up and up. He has over 600 million streams across all platforms and over 9 million monthly listeners on Spotify alone. He is on fall tour right now. In fact, I got to talk to him. He was in Glasgow, but he recently announced dates for 2020 and he is playing the biggest venues of his career. Now we finally have the debut album, Without Fear. Earlier this week, caught up with him to talk about how he chose songs for the album and he breaks down what he was going for in terms of the overall narrative of the album. Over the course of like maybe the last few years, I was so lucky to work with so many good writers and stuff. And so I eventually got a team around me in terms of like just people I like to be in the studio with. I mean, over the course of a few years, I think when it came to choosing the tracks for the album, I had about 70 to 80 songs to choose from. It's a lot of songs. Yeah, exactly. And that idea before would have scared me because I'm like, well, what's the point of writing songs that you're not going to use? But I, I got more comfortable with the idea of being creative every day and being in the studio every day and even without noticing it yourself you do get better and the ideas improve and your songwriting improves and so uh, in the end we had tons to choose from but yeah like you said if you write the best song you've got it doesn't necessarily mean it's a given to be on the album you know what I mean like you yeah. it might not yeah. fit the narrative it might not be it might not be suitable for what you're trying to say and so that was crucial for me and, and there was say take for example a song I had called Moments Past that's on the album I mean that song came out quite a long time ago but I think in terms of how it sounds I think it's one of the best things I've ever done and so it just had to be on there because it's like especially as like an artist with their debut album like I want it to be I think like say if somebody like Justin Vernon or Kanye West happens upon my project I want that song to be on there you know what I mean I think it's the best yeah. representation yeah. of who I am Cause I loved you Does that mean nothing to you now? I loved you 
I want all the tracks to work together and to, I want someone to be able to sit down and listen to the whole record and feel as if they take that sort of ride with me, you know what I mean? The way the album starts off, like with the first few songs, I want that to act as this sort of section of the album that's purely about like falling in love and everything got to do with that and how I wanted to start off on a very optimistic note and for it to seem carefree and all about just like completely losing yourself in love and then as the album progresses I wanted to move into towards the end of that first section I want there to almost be a sense of foreboding and then in the middle I want to deal with topics like grief and heartbreak and loss and all that kind of stuff. And around like the third quarter of the album there's an awful lot of nostalgia and I wanted to feel as though I want the listener to feel as though they're really just longing for easier times and then towards the very end I wanted to kind of have this renewed sense of hope and and kind of just a resurgence of like good feelings almost to finish the way it began you know all right next up it's a collaboration we never knew we needed dan and shay and justin bieber who teamed up for the track Ten Thousand hours now this is the first single from dan and shay's next album which will be their follow-up to their 2018 self-titled third lp the collab makes a lot of sense actually the guys have actually been friends with justin for more than five years and they even attended his wedding to Haley baldwin on september 30th and get this at the wedding, the guys performed Speechless and did an impromptu rendition of 10,000 Hours just simply because Justin Bieber wanted to. Well, he's the man of the day, so he does what he wants. <laughs> Let's take a listen to 10,000 Hours. And I might never get there, but I'm gonna try if it's 10,000 hours or the rest of The song follows Dan and Shay's string of three number ones on Billboard's country airplay chart. That would be Tequila, Speechless, and All to Myself. Meanwhile, Chelsea, Justin's summer smash with Ed Sheeran, I Don't Care, that reached number two on the Billboard Hot 100 back in May. Justin isn't the country duo's only high-powered pal, though. Dan and Shay are about to join Sean Mendez on the Australian leg of his self-titled tour a little bit later on this month. The guys stopped by Billboard recently. They talked about how much they were looking forward to touring with Sean. Uh, he reached out and asked if we would want to jump on the road with him for a little bit, and we were like, absolutely. And then he's like, we're going to be doing it in Australia, which is amazing. Australia is one of the coolest places. It's a long flight, very long flight. But once you get there, it's an amazing place. And uh, I think all the shows were already sold out, big arenas and stadiums and stuff. And it's great exposure for us. You know, we've only been over there once. So to get to go over there with Sean Mendez and thankfully get to get on stage in front of his fans, hopefully we'll make some new fans. And more importantly than all of it, get to hang with Sean because he's a buddy of ours. That's Kim Petras getting spooky on Massacre. And just like that, Kim has made our Halloween for a second year in a row. You know, Kim's had a pretty big 2019, which she kicked off with a guest slot on Cheat Code's Feeling of Falling. Kim also released her first full-length album, Clarity, and toured around the world. Now, to get us all in the mood for Halloween, a.k.a. the best holiday ever, I do love me some Halloween, she dropped Turn Off the Light, Volume 2, on the first day of October. And the EP adds nine songs to the critically acclaimed Volume 1 from last October to complete the full 17-track 
turn off the light project. Let's get into the creepy mood a little more now with There Will Be Blood. When she announced this latest set of Halloween songs, Kim also extended her current tour, starting with dates in October. And she has said that while she's looking forward to performing the new spooky songs, she's also excited to perform Icy, currently her favorite track from Clarity. Kim stopped by Billboard recently, and while she was here, she broke down Icy. The backstory for Icy is kind of a big breakup that happened the year last December, the year before, right before I went on tour with Troy Sivan, which is really fun, shout out Troy Sivan. I was really heartbroken on that tour and um, had been cheated on, which really sucked. Um, that was my first time being cheated on, so there were a lot of emotions going on in my head. And like the idea just kind of struck that all of the negative stuff, my heart kind of going cold, was actually a positive thing and uh, that it was actually kind of something to flex about and uh, to be like, yeah, you might have broken my heart and like made me like cold inside, but at the same time you made me a stronger person and you made me focus on myself and what I want to do. You kind of made me realize like the power that I have without you. So the song's kind of, kind of a sum up of that. Next up, Summer Walker has become one of the most promising new faces in popular R&B. After mashing up part of Drake's fake love for a YouTube breakthrough, she has collaborated with the hip-hop superstar himself and crashed the Billboard Hot 100 thanks in part to his feature. Girls need love too, I know. Following the Drake-assisted remix of her track Girls Need Love, peaking at number 37 on the Hot 100 earlier this year, Walker scored her first solo hit with the sultry Playing Games, which kicked off at number 87. Now, both songs, along with the recently released Stretch You Out, featuring A Boogie With The Hoodie, appear on Walker's Over It album, which just dropped today. Summer actually stopped by Billboard recently, and while she was here, she told us how the Girls Need Love remix with Drake came about. Here's Summer. I think he slid into the DMs and was like, I saw your video on a bowling alley monitor. Thought it was cool. And then Justice made me ask him, and he said yes. The Avengers of K-pop have arrived. Super M's first single, Jopping, dropped at midnight Friday along with its own action-packed music video. Super M features artists from popular K-pop boy bands EXO, NCT 127, Shiny, and Wavy, kind of a K-pop supergroup. They were brought together by SM Entertainment and Capitol Records. Group's first EP, Super M, the first mini album, also dropped at midnight. The single's title, Jopping, is a combination where it's pulled from the terms jumping and popping. It's kind of... A nod to the group's intense performance style. Let's hear a little bit of the single right now. And next up, a surprise release. Gucci Mane's Waptober 2 album, the sequel to 2016's Waptober, is set to arrive on October 17th. And last month, Gucci enlisted DaBaby and Young Boy Never Broke Again for the project's first single, Richer Than Everybody. And this week, we got a surprise Friday release for a track called Big Booty, which sees Gucci teaming up with Megan the Stallion. Let's take a listen. I got chills for days and I got wheels for weeks. I bring out the fleet and it bring out the freaks. I'm a high-stepping, high-bedding, love-giving, I'm a love-giving. We are 
are taking a listen to High Steppin', the first track officially released from the Avid Brothers' 10th studio album. This type of fun melody we just heard isn't the only thing we get on the record. As fans, we'll also find a handful of songs that aren't necessarily ripped from the headlines, but they do offer damning commentary on some of the sadder aspects of America circa 2019. And you can definitely hear that in the song, We Americans. I am a son of Uncle Sam. And I struggle to understand the good and evil But I'm doing the best I can In a place built on stolen land with stolen people Andy Meek spoke to Scott Avett recently for Billboard about some of the tougher topics they're addressing on this album and specifically We Americans. Here's what Scott had to say. We Americans is... is really to be an essay, an historical essay, about our personal relationship with being an American. It's a rough journey we've been on, but together, you know, there's still hope and there's still love that, that we have to look ahead with, and uh, not necessarily uh, being good with, but accepting, okay, here it is, here it is, and it's it's complex and it's it's a struggle, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to take, but if we are together and looking at it in a hopeful way, then we find redemption. Pop virtuoso Mika dropped his 2015 album, No Place in Heaven, and he basically dropped off the face of the earth. He took That's a four true. year. Where has he been? He took a four year hiatus from music and recently told Billboard's Andy Meek why. What had happened is my disdain for the music industry or the process of selling music compared to my priority, which is the idea of creating something, feeling like it's made you feel worth something. My disdain for the music business contaminated my emotion around, or my feelings around music. And it took a little while for me to disassociate one from the other. He made his return with the instantly danceable pop jam ice cream. Mika says the album was written over the course of the last two and a half years in real time as he continued to learn what it really means to be a grown-up. Here's more from Mika. This idea of writing a record in real time with your life is something that is super important. And I really wanted to address the idea of growing up without losing your colors. So the idea of becoming an adult but without losing your human warmth your sense of melody or your sense of color and whimsy and I think that that takes a lot of courage. You know, those things are seen as things that you leave behind. I think they're things that you have to claim even more. If you leave those things behind, what are you left with, you know? And he claims that whimsy by finding joy in the little things in songs like platform ballerinas. Now, next up, Angel Olsen's 2016 set, My Woman, became her first album to reach the top 50 of the Billboard 200. And now she is back with the expansive All Mirrors. And we just heard the synth rock title track where Angel, as she explains, owns up to her darkest side. To make her most expansive album yet, Angel opened up her inner circle, bringing in outside string arrangers, working with her collaborators remotely. She spoke to Billboard about the challenges of doing all that. Here's Angel. 
when we were going over arrangements, we listened to a lot of Scott Walker as like an example of how he would use strings in his recordings, specifically It's Raining Today, how you can use strings in a dissonant way for a melodic song and how to create texture and feeling around a melody, you know, without it necessarily being just too literal. And so I guess I was trying to experiment with allowing these arrangers to to create this world of like dark clouds around my, you know, melodic songs. I was trying to exercise being more open to collaboration and I have a lot of issues with control. I'm like a micromanager 100% and I hate that about myself. It's like the worst, but it's also what makes me a perfectionist when it comes to my music. And so giving that up a little bit is scary because you don't want your art to change too drastically because of your collaborations. It was really testing, but also really rewarding because it was testing, you know. That's it for this week's show. We will be back again, as usual, next week right here. And don't forget to join us every Friday morning on Billboard.com for your insider's guide to all the best music. Until next time, I'm Chelsea Briggs. And I'm Fernando Ventura. We will see you then on First Stream Live. (laughs) 